0: Hello everyone and welcome to Random Encounter 231 or 231. My name is John O'Logan and I am going to be your host this week as I am every week. Uh but this week we have we have an interesting show this week. Uh but uh, first just let me let me introduce the panel because we have quite a star-studded cast uh, this week. We have our uh, fearless leader Mike Salvato. Hello. We have our fearless retro host Mike Salosi. Hello everybody. And uh, we have Stephen Matten, who is simply fearless for making his first appearance on a podcast with all three of the podcast hosts. <laughs> well, thank you. Hello. Yeah, how's everyone doing today? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I just finished wrapping all of my presents. So uh, up until about five minutes before the podcast started, my desk was completely covered in wrapping paper and bows and... Just shreds of paper. I wrap presents like a small creature trying to like shove nuts under a tree, like for the winter. I it's just a mess.
1: I got a COVID booster shot about twenty four hours ago, and my body has not handled it well. So I am hanging on by a thread here, but I can last the whole recording at least. That is extremely appreciated, um, and I'm glad that you got the booster. Yeah, I'm glad I got it too. But maybe in the moment, I'm not as glad as I will be later in the week. But uh, I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah. And uh, Mike, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Um, I didn't have any like pack rat wrapping uh, episodes. I just worked. I played 14 and I'm sitting here with you guys and coffee. So, you know, I'm in a good place.
0: All right, cool. Well, since we, since you brought up 14, I might as well jump right into that. We're going to be talking a little bit of news before I introduce the main segment of the show. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 is experiencing some, hmm, some hiccups, some server congestion issues, Uh, And Walker has been what appears to be a massive success, both uh, in terms of its reception and in terms of its ability to shut down the Internet. Uh, Mike, you have been playing through it. How how has that been, like not being able to log in until like, what is it, two hours after you try?
2: Yeah, you know, one to three hours. Um, It depends. It depends you know, I've been lucky that I can get around it, you know, like over on the weekend, especially I can just log in in the morning and just leave the game on. And then during, during the week though, it's like, yeah, like if you want to play later in the evening, like you need to like prepare a few hours ahead of time, but you know, and it all depends. It depends on where you live and when you log in, I can, if I log in in the morning and play a little before work, there is a queue of 22 people. And if I log in about Well, now, like 7, 8 p.m. at night, it'll be be anywhere between 2,500 and 4,500 people. So (sighs) it could take several hours.
0: That's crazy. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, the producers uh, have announced a few few things they're going to do in the immediate future, including uh, uh, to all players with an active subscription uh, on December 21st, we'll be getting 14 additional uh, free game days. uh, And that's in addition to the previously promised seven days. Uh, all digital sales to third-party sellers for the starter edition and complete edition will be suspended for the time being. So if you want to play Final Fantasy XIV, you can't. Uh, all free trial accounts will be suspended. Expansion packs and upgrades to collector's edition will still be sold. Uh, and there are there's a patch going to be coming on the 4th of January 2022. And there's some other news there, but... Uh, I know a lot of people on staff have been a bit frustrated by the uh, congestion issues because it's a very popular game on staff.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the opposite of what happened to Cyberpunk about a year ago. Uh, FF14 Endwalker has been so successful and popular, they had to suspend sales because of server overcrowding, while Cyberpunk last year, they had to suspend sales because the uh, PS4 and other versions of the game were so buggy. It's a, it's a, I haven't really ever heard of a situation like this. They even um, freed up one of the developer servers and made it a public server to handle the extra uh, uh, volume of people, which is, you know, a story that you just don't hear. And uh, it, it's crazy that it's so popular. I mean, it's a great problem to have, I guess, if you're uh if you're square Enix, but it's still kind of insane to report on it. Like, but
3: the interesting thing is like, yeah, you'll have these long server queues but usually you would think that it would be linked to bad server performance. But once you actually get into the game, I actually haven't had any uh, connection crashes, interestingly enough.
2: Yeah, I've had maybe one. So uh-huh. at least it's stable once you're there. Yeah. Uh,
0: what you said, Mike, is really, uh, is uh, really interesting because let's, let's take a look at Cyberpunk and the absolute level of theory that the incompetence and the bugs and the way it was handled and the release like it was it was a disaster if any other game had been experiencing these issues i would say that they would be greeted by similar levels of terrible press but i think final fantasy 14 has such such goodwill from the community and people who love it and people who play it that they're understanding they're frustrated absolutely but they're not angry about it which is actually kind of nice and a much uh, more healthy way to approach these kind of issues i think
2: yeah i think it's nice to see I mean, I know there's still some, you know, angry people, but I think enough people, they've been so upfront about like what the issues are and like going into way more detail than I think they even need to just explain like, look, this is why this is happening. This is what we're doing. And like, they've been really good about being transparent about how they're trying to resolve it. So I'm sure that goes a long way to helping people, you know, understand and accept it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In, um, in July, uh, there was a big influx of new players, um, and basically, ever since then, they've tried to be as like they tried to put forward as much communication as possible um, as they prepared for Endwalker's launch, and you know, try to you know work with the the sh- semiconductor so- shortage and um, COVID related uh, stock issues to build new servers and um, also just try to increase server health. And I. Or the um, post that they put out on the lodestone also says that they're going to try to uh, have a roadmap available to like have, have some consistency or like track of new servers and a data center being made. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the live letter or the um, FanFest, they said that they wanted to finally get a data center in Australia, but we'll probably have a roadmap for that in late January and hopefully that can alleviate some of the issues
0: yeah. going forward. Well, you'd know that you, you were the one who wrote the news article. So, <laughs> well, I hope that, uh, I hope that things get back on track pretty soon because I know that a lot of people are really excited to play that game. Um, another game that we're getting really excited to play, well, Nintendo Indie World was this week, and I mean, directs or Indie Worlds are always causes for celebration. Uh, and there were some interesting games announced, uh, River City Girls 2 was announced, uh, uh omari was uh, announced for a uh, switch in spring of 2022 but i think the game that everyone uh really that caught all of our eyes as rpg fans was sea of stars which is announced it's going to be released holiday 2022 so a year from now and a lot can happen in a year who knows if it'll be released by then or if it'll be delayed but oh my god it looks pretty
3: yeah so this was actually um delayed before because i was one of the first people to follow the kickstarter mm. um, i didn't play messenger But as soon as I found this on Kickstarter and another friend showed me, I was pretty much on board almost immediately. Um, And the more I see it and the demo that they released uh, a while ago for PC for backers, was very good. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to that.
0: I mean, really, this makes me ask the question, hey, Mike, can we cover the messenger now?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure we can justify that, but there's really no question that we're covering Sea of Stars.
0: Yeah. It looks so good. It looks. A lot of people are comparing it to Chrono Trigger and for obvious reasons. The battle system looks somewhat similar. Takes place on the map. Um, it just looks really, really good. I'll be interested to see how it plays uh, in terms of the story because I love the messenger. Uh, and there are some serious, actual serious moments in the messenger, but there are a lot of tongue-in-cheek video game uh, jokes because the whole, the whole central conceit of the game is that it's an it's an eight-bit style game. Um, And I'm going to be curious if that translates over to Sea of Stars or if they're going to be playing it straight uh, in that world.
3: I'm not sure since I did try Messenger since it was on uh, Game Pass at one point, Um, but I did not get very far. It's a really good Metroidvania. I think so anyway.
0: A good Metroidvania with a twist, especially if you like uh, really insanely hard 8-bit platformers, which Solosi, I know you enjoy.
1: Uh, Yeah, I enjoy some 8-bit platformers. I mean, I, I can uh, I can count the number that I've actually managed to finish. Probably I only need two hands. But the, uh, the the Messenger was good and had a very specific idea and a twist that's pretty memorable around the midpoint. And the fact that their sequel is a, is a turn-based RPG makes it very clear that they're invested in the world and are going to be making more games. But I mean, like, do we even, can we even guess what their third genre, uh, in a presumed third game, what its genre might be? Like, I, they could, they could make this a 10 game series and not have any game resemble the predecessor, which is kind of exciting, but uh, I, I don't think the messenger is with an RPG fans coverage, but Sea of Stars it is definitely either. is. Yeah, I'm yeah. super excited for it.
3: You talked about, in a way that makes me think that they are, that these two games, maybe world and story are linked in some way, are they? or? They are, yeah. It's, they, a, it's they, a prequel, they, okay. interesting. Yeah, they, they made I it very know.
1: clear in the in the 2020 Kickstarter that they are, that uh, they are set in the same world and they are going to continue to flesh out the world. Gotcha. I not I actually didn't remember that. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's going to be an interesting thing, and I, I think that'd be an interesting uh, take for them to do. Just like the the first one's a action adventure platformer, next one's an RPG, third one's I don't know a puzzle game, uh, things like that. Really moving through the genres and exploring the world through various. Uh, video game genres
1: and and i think this is the first new trailer that we got um in about a year and a half this is basically them confirming a switch version and uh showing a bunch of new footage i got a lot of people really excited for good
0: reason there's a lot of beautiful beautiful footage here and i mean it's gonna theoretically it's going to have an amazing soundtrack as well like the game looks like it's going to be something else
3: who was the composer again for the game they i'm actually gonna Uh, Look at the Kickstarter again because they announced the composer and I think they composed Chrono Trigger.
2: Well, Mitsuda is contributing to it because he, he, I guess he's really excited about the project, but I don't think he's the main composer.
3: Okay. I know that they brought on uh, somebody that, you know, composed classic RPGs. I don't remember. I didn't remember who or what. So
1: you're definitely thinking of Mitsuda who composed. about eighty percent of Chrono Kr- Trigger's soundtrack. He's a yeah, is a legend. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, there's a. It,
0: it looks like it's going to be a good game, and we're we're hotly anticipating it uh, in 2022. But this is not the only game that we are hotly anticipating in 2022. In fact, RPG Fan has published our uh, our annual feature, uh, RPG Fan's most anticipated games. So this year it's uh, our 30 most anticipated games of 2022, and it's it doesn't really require a whole lot of explanation. It's exactly what it says. Um, So we are going to go through uh, the list and talk about which games we're really excited about, what ones we don't really know that much about, but we're still, you know, excited to learn more. Uh, But first, before we dive into 2022, I thought we'd take a little bit of a a look at our batting average for 2021. Uh, We missed Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, God of War Ragnarok, Gotham Knights, Horizon Forbidden West, Breath of the Wild 2, Open Roads, Potionomics, uh, Rune Factory 5, and She Dreams Elsewhere. Now, uh, we accept full responsibility for the delay of these games. It's all on us.
2: <laughs> um, That's not too bad, actually, out of 30 games.
0: That's not too bad. You're right. Um, I mean, frankly speaking, I I think that we even when we were putting together that list, a lot of them were hopefuls. Like Breath of the Wild 2, considering it, it's still a working title. We don't actually know the title of this game. It was a hopefully it will be released in 2021. Um, and we hope that it will be released in 2022. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. For
1: a second, I thought it was I thought I was cursed because my two most anticipated games of 2020 both got delayed to 2021. So <laughs> I uh, uh, and I did get to finally play *Brave Default* two and *East 9 this year, but I'm I'm a little bit more hopeful that the three or four games I'm most excited about will indeed come out in in 2022?
0: A lot of the delays last year, not all of them, obviously, but it, you know there were COVID delays, things like that, issues with working from home versus from the office. Uh, thankfully, a lot of those issues have been uh, ironed out of just out of experience for the last year. Everyone's been working from home. So uh, yeah, before we jump into the feature, I just want to say that although we have many, many contributors to this feature, Zach, our features uh, editor, uh, and manager. He uh, he put together the feature. He organized it. Uh, this is one of the busiest times of year for him, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the holidays. Uh, Zach always, you know, spearheads our, uh, you know, our most anticipated games, our game of the year coverage, all of that stuff. So I, you know, I, I really applaud him for putting this uh, together. Um, so why don't we just jump in? Why, why wait? Uh, first game, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Uh, this is the only one that I actually wrote the description for this year. I love Advance Wars; it was my, one of my favorite games for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, does anyone
1: else have any experience with it? I, I played the first three—the um, two Game Boy Advance ones and Dual Strike for the DS. I, I didn't get around to Days of Ruin for the DS, but uh, I really had a good time with those turn-based strategy games. Um, and there's—I don't know how many RPG elements there are, but you do—you do level up cities and um, have a different and have a multitude of characters to choose from, but. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see how these games hold up. Uh, if the multiplayer is as, from Dual Strike is as good as I remember, and uh, also the remixed tunes because they had, they had a really catchy soundtrack for 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, I'm super excited about it because I mean, I I reviewed War Groove a few years ago, which was kind of a spiritual successor uh, to Advance Wars because we never thought we'd see it again. Um, and Way Forward is developing this, and Way Forward is uh, very experienced with retro games, so it has it has some good people behind it. Uh, Mike or Steven, have either of you played Advance Wars? Uh,
3: I have not, but I'm really excited to because I really enjoyed uh, Wargroove, and I have a lot of uh, memories for the Fire Emblem franchise, so I'm curious to know what Intelligent Systems did before that. Well,
0: the, advanced, the Advance Wars, it's not even the Advance Wars series, it's the War series, and I mean that it's been going back to the it's been going back to Famicom wars.
1: Yeah, they're usually called Nintendo wars, and they, they had uh, they had several games um, for the Famicom and Super Famicom before Advanced Wars gave them a global debut.
0: Yeah, this was the first first Wars games that was released here in uh, the West.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm just really curious to know uh, more about the games, and I'm curious to play more of uh, a game like Wargroove, because. Uh, Advanced Wars and Wargroove, from what I can tell, are well, Wargroove is not the same style as Fire Emblem. They are very, uh, very different, different in some aspects. Yeah.
0: I think you'll, I think if you enjoyed Wargroove, that you'll enjoy Advanced Wars. I mean, one of the reasons I think I enjoyed Wargroove so much was because of my enjoyment of Advanced Wars. <laughs> yeah. um, and in terms of uh, confidence that this will come out next year, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Um, it was delayed just a few months,
2: but I suspect that it will be released next year. I hope I think so too. I don't think it's too big of a game that it's going to have to be pushed back any further than that.
0: Yeah. It looks like it's pretty much done. It looked like it was pretty much done when they delayed it. I think they just wanted to put some, uh, put some fine tuning in there. So, Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, oh, here the next one uh, up is one written by you, Mike, uh, Mike Solosi. Um, AI the Somnium Files, uh, Nirvana Initiative.
2: I think I have to go up at the end of Nirvana. Now, Nirvana well, they, Initiative. Well, <laughs> we well, yeah.
1: did the peculiar capitalization there so that the A in Nirvana matches with the A in Initiative. So there's another AI in the title. Yeah, they're doubling down on the artificial intelligence. Yeah, and uh, the, they're one of the main characters is named AI Ball or Aiba, which sounds similar to the Japanese word for partner, Ibo. It's a, it's it, there's a lot of Multiple meanings and puns in the uh, in in the name here, but it's uh, it's uh, Kotaro Uchikoshi up to his old tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI the Somnium Files was a s- adventure game slash puzzle game slash like QTE action game from 2019, and it's probably tied with uh, uh, Shadowbringers and Devil May Cry Five for my favorite games of 2019. It- it's a really really great story with some unusual gameplay ideas. Uh, I'm not going to talk about anything about the main characters because it's really really easy to trip into spoilers uh talking about a game that's only a couple years old mm-hmm. but we know that uh that um Nirvana Initiative uh stars I- Aiba and Mizuki who were uh Mizuki is the adopted daughter of uh, Date the main character of of Somnium Files 1 and Aiba was his was the AI um detective computer that was in his false eye But now Aiba is in sort of like contact lenses and is teaming up with Mizuki. Um, And Mizuki, is she's an odd character. She seems to be a martial arts genius. She beats up uh, gangsters with a lead pipe a lot in AI: The Somnium Files 1. So maybe we'll get some more of that. But uh, we definitely know it's going to be Aiba and Mizuki uh, taking down a serial killer. And it's from the same uh, Spike Chunsoft team that made uh, the first Nomnium Files, and that's enough for me to go.
0: Yeah, it looks good. This is a, not this game. The the first in the series is a game that many people have told me that I really need to play, given my uh, my particular taste in uh, adventure games. So this might be a good reason for me to dip my foot in and see how it is. Has anyone else played any from this series?
3: I have, and I loved it. Um, it was my first visual novel. Uh, is definitely unique in that. Uh, you had to finish the whole the whole flowchart. Um, it's not like some visual novels where you, you have to start from the very beginning all over again all the time. This, the first game was very puzzle-oriented, but I wonder if the second game is going to be more action-oriented, You know, given Mizuki's um, combat prowess with the pipe, mm. <laughs> with the lead pipe. But um, I think it was my favorite game of 2019, the first one. And it's certainly one of my favorite video game scripts uh, yeah. in recent memory.
1: And also, um, you call it an, a visual novel. It, it's mostly a visual novel. Uh, Uchikoshi's previous games, the uh, the Zero Escape trilogy, uh, were more visual novel than AI is. AI b- blends genre in weird ways because it's, it's a visual novel most of the time. But then you have investigation segments that are definitely a point-and-click adventure. And then you have mm-hmm. action segments and Somnium segments, which are just real weird puzzles that are difficult to explain in just a short time on a podcast. But uh, it's, it, it, AI, Somnium Files, was genre-bending in a way that his previous visual novels weren't. But uh, it, it's, it, it, the story was absolutely fabulous, and I, and, I, uh, and I hope that Nirvana Initiative lives up to
0: it. Well, let's uh, let's move on now to a game that I honestly don't know much about um, because my name isn't Des Miller. Uh, Atelier Sophie II, Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. Uh, Des seems to be our dedicated Atelier reviewer now. Now that Derek
1: Kingsbergen's retired, I think that is true. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, they they have uh, reviewed a number of these games in the last few months, and I suspect that uh, if history holds, I will be giving them this game to review in a few months. So, uh, have any of you played an Atelier game? Because I have not,
2: not for a while. Um, I played I played Aisha a while ago, and I liked it, but. Was having. I didn't like the time limits, um, which I know it's somewhere in the series, a few games after that they started like easing up on that, which is probably why I need to get back into them because I don't like the time limited things of delivering things. But otherwise, I like the games. And I like the the gameplay of the world, of uh, the series. It's it's been a longer time for me.
1: I played two of the Atelier Iris games uh, for the PlayStation Two. Well, the, the first two of them, and I thought the first one was pretty good, and the second one was maybe not quite as good. But I I enjoyed how the like the stakes were lighthearted and uh, and 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 less grim than a lot of other contemporary RPGs. But I, I didn't like it enough to play the oh geez I don't know fifteen of them that they've had in the intervening <laughs> intervening twenty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, the two I played on the PS2 were both good.
3: Hmm. Uh, and I have no experience whatsoever uh, with this franchise, so.
1: So I suspect the person who
0: is
2: most excited about this game coming out next year is probably Des. It, Um It is interesting that this game comes out in February and they just announced it in October. Like, yeah, I the, mean, I know we're used to like these things being like at least annual at this point anyway, but it it was really surprising that they announced that with, like so little lead time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's coming out pretty darn soon, as a matter of fact. Um. Let's move on to a game that I think that everyone is excited to play: uh, Chocobo GP. Oh yes, uh, Grand Prix. I would imagine, and uh, it's—I mean, it's—it's a—it's a sequel to uh, Chocobo Racing for PlayStation uh, in 1999. It's—it's it's Mario Kart with Final Fantasy characters, is what it looks like at the
3: moment, and that's extremely exciting. Definitely curious about this one. <laughs> um, I am a relatively new Final Fantasy fan, so I don't know a lot of the. Um the older characters and stories outside of what's been referenced in 14. Um, but I'm curious to see all these other characters in a cart racing game. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Who'd have ever thought that cart racing is going to be the most
1: versatile platform to just bring in random characters from your series. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, uh, in, uh, Yakuza, like a dragon, they had the dragon guard grand prix and they used that to bring back the, uh, um, the, the uh, the the racer guy from Yakuza 0 so and, and Kiwame yeah yeah so it's a, I, I mean it, maybe other than a fighting game uh like a racing game is a great just you know throw all of our characters into a on, into a bin and, and shake it up and see what happens kind of genre uh this reminds me a little bit of the Itadaki Street uh game for Wii that had a, a bunch of fi- uh, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy characters in it but, oh, yeah. it, um, but it, but it, it looks, um, it 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 looks pretty sweet mechanically. Like I, I don't have any experience with the old 1999 Chocobo Racing game, but I mean, a kart racer is fun and versatile, and a lot of people love Final Fantasy. And I think I saw Esperterra in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that, that's a cool choice. I'm, I mean, I, I'd be down to try this. I don't, I don't, but I think I'll probably read reviews first.
2: Yeah, I'm. I don't like talking about. Uh... A potential dlc for a game before it comes out but i have to admit because of how nintendo handled mario kart dlc and some other stuff i do like the idea of this coming out you know now versus in 1999 because they could conceivably continue adding racers and tracks to the game later on so that also is pretty uh pretty exciting I'd be yeah. curious to see how much you know if it's successful obviously mm-hmm. i could see them like supporting it and adding a lot to it so
0: i i mean it, it's impossible to tell nowadays but i I think this is a crowd pleaser. I think this is going to get some uh, some decent play on uh, YouTube and from various gaming outlets because it just looks like a joy to play. Hopefully yeah. it is. If it's, ba- if it's balanced as well as the Mario Kart series, which is challenging because Mario Kart is an exceptionally well-balanced series, uh, they could be looking at a, uh, a bit of a hit. Okay, let's move on to Death Trash. Uh, this is a pixel art twin stick old school RPG style game. Uh, it's it take you know it takes a lot of the ideas from like the elder gods. It's basically just disgusting. It's a disgusting game. Death Trash is a very apt title, uh, but for a such a disgusting game, it looks beautiful, beautiful pixel art.
3: Um, I'm a sucker for pixel art games, and from what little I've uh, seen of the art style, I like it. But I have no um, previous uh, knowledge of the game uh, prior to like a month ago, so. Mm. From a little I've seen, it looks interesting, but I don't know a whole lot about it. I know Abe was pretty excited about it
0: uh, after he played the demo.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot either. Um, I, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. And, like I appreciate the art. Um, I don't know if they've really been talking about it a whole lot since they announced it. 'Cause I think did it show up last year or did it show up the year before in like some game event. It's just like Does one time of those... have meaning? I mean it does a little bit, but I can't remember when they first revealed it. I just remember like every time we see it, it's like, that's cool. That's gross. That's cool though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh any thoughts? I mean, it, it it looks gross and they very clearly have a, a specific aesthetic in mind for it. And I think that so far what we know about the game is being carried by that aesthetic. But uh, I'm 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 intrigued. I but I don't think I'm gonna pre-order this thing. I uh, I already have too many video games to play and <laughs> podcasts to record.
0: Yeah, I uh, I understand that entirely. Um, well, moving on. Uh, Digimon Survive. I have nothing to say about this game because I do not follow Digimon. Is anyone a Digimon fan?
2: I, I oh, don't I've... I don't like being the the this game isn't coming out this year. Person by default, but boy. This one has had some trouble for quite a while now. <laughs> I would <laughs> like for it to actually come out, but they have been so quiet about it for years. 2018, yeah. it was announced. Yeah,
1: I, I never had any of the Digimon digital pets, but I did play one of the PlayStation Digimon games, and I watched the first oh, I don't know, two and a half or three seasons of the anime. I I, I stopped at Tamers. If um, for the people that would actually know about this, but uh um Digimon Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory were two very very good uh RPGs of the 2010s uh they they got rid of a lot of the jank and slowness around that that uh breeding or or I should say fusing Digimon uh what what went into that in the old old Digimon games that I messed around with a little bit but uh this one looks really pretty and it has you know character designs that would fit in with the you know slightly edgier than Pokemon uh vibe of Digimon um because I don't know if you like a lot of the old Digimon anime deals with uh, some some very serious issues that Pokemon would not uh, would not ever approach with a 10 foot stick. But uh, I'm intrigued by this, but I'm probably more likely to go by to go back and try to finish my old playthrough of Cyber Sleuth than to try this. Mm.
0: Uh, It's not really a series I have personal personally much interest in, but I know some people do.
3: Yeah, I have a couple friends who are huge Digimon fans um and i've been meaning to pick up because they keep recommending it to me i keep meaning to pick up cyber sleuth and hacker's memory since it goes on sale all the time um but i have not gotten around to that yet so i can't really say that i'm all that invested in digimon survive yet yeah uh the next game on the list is Dustborn,
0: uh and this is a uh, third person action adventure game uh that is about hope love friendship robots and the power of words so uh as an adventure game fan, I think this thing looks awesome. I am super excited about it. Um, it takes place in a, a dystopian version of America, uh, and uh, I think it. I think it looks. I, th- I like the art style a lot. The art style reminds me of uh, some uh, some adventure games like uh, Runaways and, and companies like that. It's not by the same company, but. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it looks. I think it looks really, really cool. The, the vibe of the American Southwest and sort of the open world in an adventure game makes me think of Full Throttle a little bit, even though I know, even though I know that's not really the same thing. And also uh, Road ninety six, which is a pretty interesting narrative game that came out earlier this year uh, in in twenty twenty one. That is. But I, I, uh, uh, I, I mean, the pixel art that we have in the previews looks gorgeous, and um, like if, if this game lives up to its premise, that would be awesome. But I, I need to see more. I, I'm, I'm, I've been a downer this entire episode. I apologize, but uh, no, you have. But <laughs> I, I still, I, uh, I don't know enough about this game to be that excited. But the, uh, that those images look really great. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's by the developers that did Dreamfall Chapters, so and as I recall, that was receive pretty well um but i I like what they're doing with this it's it's a really interesting premise and like gameplay style where you actually fight with words um
0: yeah um it's an interesting concept and uh, as an adventure game fan i think i'm going to try to i'll give it a try um let's move on to a game that i know that everyone is excited about which is Eudin chronicles rising or chronicle rising sorry Eudin chronicle rising just one chronicle uh, just one. There's no There's no multiple Chronicles. Not yet. There will be. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, at the moment, so this is going to be a prequel to Euden Chronicle 100 Heroes, which is going to be a spiritual successor of the Suikoden series. Suikoden series. Suikoden. Suik- yeah. Must be my Nova Scotian blood in me um, with the pronunciation. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be uh, a prequel story and it's going to be an action RPG instead of a turn-based game. Uh, it looks gorgeous, much like, uh, much like the actually announced one. And, uh, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to have a town building mechanic in it as well. Uh, so yeah, this, this looks just really cool.
3: Um, this is the, uh, similar situation for me, like with Sea of Stars, where I discovered, uh, the, well, the, the game proper, uh, through Kickstarter and by proxy, uh, their little prequel game here, um, very excited (laughs) just like with uh with sea of stars um i have not played um what was that series that you mentioned i have not played those and this rising game is not obviously like that um but I'm definitely excited for both games, for sure. Uh,
1: I have played a couple of the Suikoden games. Um, the ones I Just have, a few. <laughs> uh, the ones I have played are excellent. Um, Suikoden 2 is absolutely one of the best PlayStation 1 RPGs. And, uh, and uh, Yoshitaka Murayama, who has not been with Konami for several years, uh, made his studio and, and built the crowdfunding campaign specifically to make a game. That's a, that the kind of RPG he wants to make. And that has a lot of people excited because Suikoden has a very dedicated cult following. And um, one thing about Suikoden is that all of them has a castle town that you recruit characters to and build throughout the game. And that looks like that they are bringing that concept into this uh, uh, rising prequel. And so there's going to be it's an action RPG, maybe a little bit Metroidvania, maybe a little bit... uh, uh, sakuna of rice and ruin but uh but in between action segments you are building your town and that h- adds a little bit of and flavor to the formula which just gets a lot of people very excited plus the game looks gorgeous yeah it really does
2: yeah i'm so happy that they are able to do this i mean i it's interesting that in the last several years probably the kickstarters that have been not the only two success stories but two of the biggest especially in like stuff that we cover are uh people who left Konami to make the kind of game that Konami won't make anymore. And they've just done so well for themselves. I mean, a
1: a third guy that left Konami to make his own kind of game went straight to Sony instead. And he's doing pretty well for himself.
2: Oh, who are we talking (laughs) about here? Kojima. Oh, 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 okay.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, Kojima did, um, made, uh, death stranding with Sony's support, not with, not with Kickstarter, but, uh, yeah. yeah, Packing simulator. Yeah. But, um, but but, but we, but we wouldn't have, um, bloodstained, uh, ritual of the night without um koji igarashi leaving konami and and developing his own crowdfunding campaign and igarashi uh was part of the crowdfunding campaign for Hundred heroes or for aiden true. and he's yeah. uh and i think he's either designing a character or a, a a segment in it
0: yeah and i mean that's clearly i mean the fact is that's not coming out for a few more years so the fact that this is coming out is not only hopefully going to provide a game uh, an excellent game in its own right but will uh build some hype for the uh the RPG when it comes out.
1: Yeah. Aiden Chronicle was originally announced for 2022, but it got delayed one year to 2023 and the action prequel Aiden Chronicles rising or Aiden Chronicle rising is coming out in 2022.
0: Yes. Theoretically, Uh, theoretically, theoretically, many of these games do not have confirmed release dates yet. uh, And they have been eagerly awaited for years. Uh, Speaking of another game that is eagerly awaited Elden Ring. Uh, We've been getting more and more Elden Ring footage over the last few months uh and uh people are getting getting really really pumped about this. Uh primarily, well, I mean not primarily because, but it has it, it's lore uh has been developed by one of the the masters of uh a master of lore, shall we say. That
2: works, yeah.
1: You, you you could say George R R Martin has had a pretty good decade or so in terms of having his uh his works um being viewed by mass audiences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know,
0: maybe. Yeah. And, uh, this game looks like it will continue that. Um, I, I I don't believe he wrote the story. Salosi, you and I were talking about this. He's not writing the story. He just he's creating the world and the lore around it.
1: Yeah, he he worked with um the From Software team that made that's made Dark Souls and Bloodborne and other games, and uh, he sort of helped with them with world design and lore and uh, and who these uh, characters and villains are. But the actual script and the game itself was designed by the From Studio group. Uh, uh Martin's involved involvement with the story. Uh, ended several years ago, so people that are concerned about his health or his inability to finish the uh, Septology or uh, Octilogy, whatever whatever song <laughs> of ice and fire ends up being, uh, don't need to worry about that for Elden Ring. It looks like this game it, this game did get delayed about a month, so it's coming out in February instead of January, uh, and it did have a closed beta a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago that uh, that gave us a lot of new footage and new uh, and new hype for the game. But it looks like it is landing in February.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that it will be coming out in a few months
2: yeah that's another one too that it was i forgot when it was actually first not even revealed like just talked about because until i think this last summer we had a logo and we knew who was working on it and they had shown nothing for years so it was really exciting like this last summer to get like finally get to see it and like every in the last six months we just keep seeing more and more and it's actually suddenly coming out
0: let's see here it was announced at e3 2019 so it's been a little while
2: it's it felt like it was longer, it. but that's yeah. yeah.
1: I have had many excited texts from Rob Steinman about this game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, uh, if only I was a Soulsborne fan. Um, I'm not because well, I want to go back and play Demon's Souls since I have a PS5 and I have the game, but I never got around to it. But that's definitely going to be something I play first before I go to Elden Ring, mm. uh, depending on how I feel about. Demons' souls.
0: I think uh, it's it's a game. I think I'm pretty excited about. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, really excited to hear what uh, our reviewer says about it. And I do not know who that is yet.
1: I, I think there. I think there might be a you know a Bloodborne style battle royale for the who gets the right to review that game because there's a lot of people on staff very excited about it.
0: <laughs> that's a, actually that's a great idea. I'm just going to steal that idea and just pit them against each other to fight <laughs> it out. And uh, yeah, whoever whoever survives will uh, review the
1: game. Sure. And whoever yeah. loses will have to review whatever Saga game comes out next. Um, <laughs> uh, they did announce another Saga game is in the works, but uh, I don't think that's on our previews list.
0: No, it's not. Uh, I would have resigned from the site if it was. No, I wouldn't have. No, you...
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Standing wow. on principle about my hatred of that genre, uh, oh. that uh, game. Um, well, the sister series of Saga, which I do like, Final Fantasy, might actually have a new entry coming out. Final Fantasy 16. So uh, this was announced uh, last year. Well, I mean, this was on our on our tw- our most anticipated from twenty twenty one list, and that was a that was a tad ambitious of us. A little bit, yeah. Uh, a little <laughs> bit. I would, to be completely honest, I I'm not convinced we're going to see this in twenty twenty two either. But you know, hope springs. I think the uh, crystals the crystals shed their
2: light. I think <laughs> it's possible. Like I'm not saying it's likely, but at the same time, I know that they specifically this time around did not want to announce it too early and have it drag out like 15 did. So Mm -hmm. I think that's also why we have not seen anything on it in a little while.
3: I'm at least glad it was announced with a pretty meaty gameplay trailer uh, with a good bit of cutscenes as well. But um, they did say last year, November, that there would be more information this year. Um, I'm not sure if there will be, but if there is, maybe we'll get a release window then. I don't think it's going to come out next year though. I'd be interested to see
0: what they do with the crystals. Cause apparently the crystals are going to be playing a part in this. And in recent years, the crystals have kind of shifted over to bravely default as that, uh, as, as like the that storytelling MacGuffin.
1: Oh, um, you, you best believe there are crystals in final fantasy 14, but, uh, yeah. but, but, but not, <laughs> not in the way, not in the way you're thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I mean, and speaking of fourteen, I mean, the, the it's be, the lead producer on sixteen is now Yoshida, aka Yoshi P, aka one of the most beloved creators uh, by but <laughs> by their games community. Um, uh, but I, I think that with F-, F sixteen, Yoshi P is trying to go for a more traditional fits in with Final Fantasy story framework than FF fourteen. But in terms of the excitement of of gameplay and how summons work are going are gonna to be not like 14 at all like but but this is this is yoshi p leading a team making a big budget console game which is something i am so excited about uh and i'll i'll you know i'll play uh i'll, I'll deliberately be contrarian here and say th- and say you know i think that we are going to get news on this game in the next few months and they're going to try to announce it for late 2022 i think this game might actually come out uh in in the year we're seeing in our preview and only because I want it to. And maybe I'm trying (laughs) to speak that into being.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rolling for the big money there.
3: I will say that uh, aside from the, the story having to do with um, summons and just the overall settings, one of the things that gets me most excited about the game is that the, um, he was joining rather, I think he joined rather late on the project, but one of the lead combat designers for devil may cry five is actually working on this game
1: now i see now you're speaking my language devil may cry five best (laughs) rpg of 2019 so that
3: makes me very excited to where this combat can go (laughs) let's rock baby it'll be fascinating to see where
0: they take this after the uh the more uh, the Brotherhood, slightly more modern setting uh, with Cup Noodles from Final Fantasy XV, uh, because this this game does not look like it is going to have any modern product placement.
1: I, I don't think there is going to be a uh, like a convertible with Bros hitting the open road in FF16. I, I don't think there will be, but don't um, uh, don't hold me to that. There's going to be no pizza promotion,
2: probably. <laughs> I mean, nope. you don't know. You you never, we never know. know
1: what are the odds of ariana grande's environment uh, involvement this time around
2: <laughs> i'm crossing my fingers
1: <laughs> uh that's that's uh obviously a big title from square enix uh coming out
0: next year hopefully maybe potentially but there are many others including for spoken uh which is a game that audra actually just wrote a hands-off preview of and uh audra really liked what she saw uh the footage that we've seen is really, really interesting. Uh, it takes place both in the modern world and in a fantasy world with someone from the modern world crossing over into the fantasy world. Um, so I guess we're getting kind of a fish out of water story there. Uh, it looks interesting to me, but I got to be honest; it hasn't really grabbed my attention yet.
3: Um, I'm not a big fan of the the genre of story that um, this is adapting. So basically, a, a protagonist from the modern world going into the fantasy world—that's seen a lot in um, and anime and manga.
1: Yeah, the, the, that's tip, that's typically called an isekai, and there are so there are so many of them. And like, and you you, you can joke about it. it's like, well, Wizard of Oz is an isekai, and Alice in Wonderland is an isekai, <laughs> but 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 like like. In all seriousness, or Narnia is an isekai, but like those are – modern manga isekai are not classic literature, and there is a big problem with too many of them being written. Sorry, I'll I'll step down from the soapbox. Please continue. Uh, Actually, I wanted to ask you a question about that. In terms of
0: isekai, it seems like a key element is almost – uh, wish fulfillment, like people find yes. themselves in the fantasy world that they've always wanted to. And I feel like that is a bit of a difference between like Narnia or Wizard of Oz, where it's just someone from our world lands in a fantasy world, but it's not like they wished for it. It's not like they dreamed about entering this world. It was a stranger in a strange land rather than a stranger who books a flight and has always wanted to visit a strange land and then gets there and it's like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be.
1: It, it's not exactly like a lot of bad isekai is um, someone that was bullied or a loser in the modern world goes to a fantasy world and they have and they have some mysterious power that allows them to be superhuman in the fantasy world. Like so, something like that, but it, which, you know, makes it, you know, a, a stage removed from Inuyasha or something that's also very isekai-ish, but- uh, this is an isekai story, but it's also a big budget video game from Square Enix. And, uh, and Audra had very positive things to say about it in the preview. Uh, my memory of Forspoken was when they set the trademark for it, a lot of people, not really panicked, but a lot of people suspected it might've been the, uh, um, the subtitle for a Final Fantasy 14 new expansion. Oh yeah. <laughs> but then we, but then we got the Endwalker confirmation like two weeks later or something. But hmm. so I, I I don't know a lot about Project Athia slash Forspoken, but uh I, you know I'll 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 read reviews and watch videos of it and make a decision later. Uh, this you know could be all right, but again. I am not informed enough to have a real opinion other than I think isekais are bad and people should stop making so many of them.
3: <laughs> Even in video games.
1: Yeah. Yep. And in video games, especially in manga, where I think there are way, way too many, but uh, I, I don't need them in my video games.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be talking about what we think is a big one in a couple of minutes. Um also from square enix if if anyone pays attention to internet chatter you can probably guess what that's going to be but let's move on to something that is a little bit different it's grand blue fantasy relink um i know nothing about this except that i know that it's been in development hell for like five years now
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, regular vanilla grand blue fantasy is an extremely popular uh mobile uh game rpg with some gacha elements and it is very, very popular. It's one of the most popular games of its kind in Japan. And it had a fighting game made about two years ago called uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, that was made by Arc System Works, the the Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and Dragon Ball Fighter Z people. And so I think that Grand Blue Fantasy's developers have been wanting to expand into other uh, space game spaces and genres for a while now. And so this is their. Uh, Big console RPG that's in the world of Grand Blue Fantasy. I don't. I, I'm not a player of the uh, mobile Grand Blue Fantasy, but this looks really, really pretty, and uh, that's about all I can say about
0: it. Yeah, it uh, it actually. Oh, it's the it's, it's the first story on RPG fan right now. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. It's a new trailer and a PC version ahead of the 2022 relaunch or launch. So yeah, it'll be coming out on a variety of consoles apparently next year.
2: Yeah. Maybe. I know that was announced like right after our feature went up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, Blue Fantasy is popular enough that it has a ca- a uh, convention every year and the new trailer and materials were uh were sh- were uh debuted at that convention.
2: Yeah, I mean that that alone tells you a lot. <laughs> if you don't follow Blue Fantasy that it has that much of a following. Yeah,
3: I say I I have no experience with this uh franchise other than my limited knowledge of verses uh, ever since I began to follow Arc System Works. I kind of went back at their library after really enjoying Guilty Gear Strive and I saw the Grand Blue Fantasy Verses looked really cool, but I basically know nothing about the story world or characters. So
0: (laughs) it looks really cool, but that's all I can really say about it. It's as, as you know, you can't, everyone has a blind spot. Everyone has a series that they, you know, is really, really popular, but you know nothing about. And it has a, like massive following Uh, and you hear about it and you're like, wow, how did I miss that? And that's kind of how I feel
1: about this. It's the difference between random encounter and retro encounter. We, uh, one, one show has never played anything and talks about it. And the other show actually plays the games that we they talk about. <laughs> oh. Yikes. <laughs>
2: oh, I was worried Solosi was going to call me out specifically, but it's just the whole show. So I don't feel quite as targeted <laughs> as I expected to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I entered this episode intending to take down the power structure from the inside.
0: No, I'm fine with that. And I think that uh, that is a fantastic tagline so uh that might just end up as the title of the episode actually um (laughs) games will never play um speaking of games will never play horizon forbidden
1: west um
2: don't tell caitlin that
1: i know caitlin yeah caitlin if she was lying down just sat bolt upright
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll, i'll definitely play it too i mean i'm actually um because they got they got a playstation 5 patch Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually playing through the first game right now and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm ready for the sequel, not ready in the sense that I've finished the first game yet, but I will definitely be, uh, raring to play it when it comes out.
0: Getting excited for it. Yeah. So it's the sequel of horizon zero dawn, uh, which in Caitlin's blurb was, uh, was Caitlin's game of the year in 2017. Uh, and I know that Caitlin is unbelievably excited for this game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah I, when I, I haven't played a lot of Zero Dawn, it's a uh, it's free for PS Plus subscribers. If you have the uh, if you have a PS Five, um, so I messed around with it, and I almost, I just feel happy for Guerrilla Games. Is the, they're the developer, right? Yes, yes, Guerrilla Games. They're they're in oh shoot, they're in um, Central Europe somewhere. I think I think in uh, I think in Denmark or the Netherlands or something. But they they made the Killzone games for I I want to say. PS3, and those were just the most gray, dreary, post-apocalyptic shooters that you could possibly imagine, even though they were competently made. Uh, but then they come out with Horizon Zero Dawn and now Forbidden West, which are just pure color and lushness and and exciting gameplay ideas. Like, uh, um, oh, I forget her name, but the, the main character of... Uh, Aloy. Aloy, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Aloy has uh, all kinds of traps and bows and and sort of like low-tech mixed with high-tech in her arsenal that's really, really fun to execute. And uh, like, so Horizon Zero Dawn was this... Really beautiful, exciting open world, and Forbidden West is another one of those huge budget uh development team that knows exactly what they're doing. Sony's really excited to promote the game. I, I think that this is gonna be probably Caitlin's game of twenty twenty-two <laughs> and maybe and maybe many others as well. Yep, and I am I'm pretty sure that we're gonna get it next year too.
3: I uh yeah, it has a release date for February, but as far as like improvements over the first game that I really want. Uh, I think that the the non uh, like futuristic story like all the tribal stuff so far that i've played through hasn't been the best so i hope it's a little better here um the main the melee combat in the first game is quite uninspired um and I just hope that the the world is more diverse because i from what i've played the um the first game only has uh only a few distinct biomes and then the dlc biome. Mm. um in the in the frozen wilds i think it's called um so i'm looking forward to it very much and i will definitely make sure to finish the first game before it comes out in february
0: i have it on my playstation 5 and it's on it's on my list of games that i need to play which i'm actually making a reasonable dent into so i actually might i might make a pass at this and uh for 20 at the end of 2021 i only have what 12 days left or no uh 11 days left never mind it, uh it, it. it's
1: it's on my similar list but i am not going to attempt to play it uh before the calendar changes
0: <laughs> no you have too many you need too many yakuza games to play before the end of the year
1: only one yeah i i have <laughs> i have played uh seven yakuza games in about 14 months and the only one i have left to do is six so that i might try to finish that before it before it switches to january but we'll see that's impressive yeah, yeah.
0: It's my most anticipated title for 2022 is whatever Yakuza announces next, yeah. um, which we probably won't get till 2023, but you never know with them. Um, but let's move on to a game that it has been long awaited here in the West, which is the legend of heroes trails from zero. Um, so this is a, a new well, I can quote unquote new release in the Trails series. Uh, it's been a, as Alana put it, a noticeable gap for Western fans. Um It's the first game in the fan-titled Crossbell uh, duology, and uh, it's going to be taking place around the same time as the first two Cold Steel games. Uh, Again, this is a massive blind spot that I have for RPGs, uh, which is I know nothing about these games except for the fact that they are absolutely beloved by many people on the site.
1: Oh, yes. Um, Caitlin, Scott, Alana, a lot of people on, on the site really really enjoy the uh, uh the trails series which you might hear being called kiseki in japan in japanese uh, kiseki written one way means trail or pathway written another way means miracle so it's like like trails miracles double meaning stuff whatever but anyway uh, trails trial? from trails from zero was one of the psp games that they made i think in 2009 or 2010 and then uh the, the the whole series started out about 15 years ago with a trilogy of PSP games then the cross duology which was which were the last two PSP games then there was a a spin-off and a fighting game and a whole bunch of nonsense and then they switched to uh, PS3 development and Vita development with Trails of Cold Steel and so Trails of Cold Steel and Trails in the Sky and Trails from Zero take place in three different locations within the same world, and all three have, have inter, uh, overlapping stories. If you've played Tra- Trails of Cold Steel 2, the epilogue of that game has a bunch of Trails from Zero characters in it. So if you haven't played those, it was probably a little confusing, but that's just kind of how this ser- series is. Like uh, Legend of Heroes has been around since the 80s, and Mike, you even brought up a Legend of Heroes, uh, one of their 80s games, uh, Dragon Slayer in... In an episode of Rhythm from a couple weeks ago, I did, yeah, yeah, but uh, but the the Trails sub series of Legend of Heroes has been going around since I think two thousand four or two thousand five, and they're <laughs> I think they just announced the sixteenth game in the series with uh, with, oh with, um, with 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 uh, a Kuro no Kiseki two, Yep. So they they're <laughs> in the the sixteen neighborhood of sixteen or seventeen with the series. This one is number four. <laughs> which again was originally 2010 we're finally getting it in 2023 20, uh the game had a had a, uh, a fan translation patch that uh nipponichi software america is, is are working with the people that created the patch to, to um, cut in on the development time for this but it's a it's the playstation 4 re-release of a 2010 psp game that takes place Around the same time as Trails of Cold Steel One, which was a 2012 Vita game, it's so confusing. You need but, a flowchart. Yeah, but but you, you need you need <laughs> a flowchart or like or like three <laughs> or, like, or like three wiki articles or something to properly understand it. But uh, these games are well written and beautiful and beloved and beloved, and people are very excited that we're finally getting game number four officially, including me because again I I've played games one through three, then uh, six and seven. So I'm 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 less than a third of the way through the whole mess, but and and I still can talk about it with a lot of enthusiasm because these games are really good, but uh, yeah, I'm getting this game day one. I don't know uh, because it's coming out near the end of the year, maybe I might have to wait till 2023, but uh, uh, yeah, th- this is um, a PSP game, very beloved. It's a a lot of people that know these games say this is one of the best ones, and that uh, has a lot of people excited. So sorry for ramble ranting a little bit. No, you're oh, fine. I mean, plus, you know,
2: plus there's the fact that, like, this duology has been missing, you know, in English. Like, if if anyone didn't play the fan translation patch, which, I mean, I don't know when that came out, but it was obviously not in 2010. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you played the Sky games and the Cold Steel games, like, this takes place in between. And it's just, I know it's been something that people have been wanting for so long because all these characters show up later and you just have to figure out, like, okay, well, I guess some stuff happened before, but you don't... No one really knew what it was. So uh-huh. that'll be nice when both of these games are out here.
0: And uh, if anyone is interested in the Trail Series, we do have a So You Want to uh, Get into the Trail Series feature, which I will include a link to in the show notes.
3: I might have to take a look at that because this is a series that I've um, always had in the back of my head as something I want to get around to playing, um, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So,
1: and it's also not a short one. Like uh, the first trail, the first trails in the sky game is pretty short, it's probably around 30 hours, but just about all of the other ones are 60 plus. So, that is that is a big ask just to try try and get into these.
2: (laughs) That's my problem. Like, I would really like to get into them, but I know because of this, because of the lore, because of how much crosses over, like, you can't just get into it a little bit you know you have to kind of really commit to all of them
0: next up is a game that i think uh it it has a very dedicated fan base um and it has a uh it has a name that it will definitely change because there is no way in hell this game is going to be called the legend of zelda breath of the wild 2.
2: (laughs) to be fair that's what we're calling it i think in nintendo's official marketing it's called they call it right now they're saying the sequel to the legend of zelda breath of the wild which is even less likely to be a na- real name. That would be amazing if they put that on the Fox art. <laughs> yeah, n-
1: knowing knowing our luck, they're going to announce the real name of it in between us recording this and us publishing this. <laughs> What's really
3: funny to me is that, you know how Nintendo sometimes has their um, like current and upcoming game graphics on Twitter. They actually put in the breath of the wild text, the sequel to breath of the wild. <laughs> And everyone was like, "Oh, is that the title?" But it's obviously not going to be the title, anyway. No, it'll probably be. I mean, it'll probably
0: end up being something like "Breath of the Skies" or "Skies of the Wild." Or
1: I, I think they probably will either keep "Breath" or "Wild" so that they have the connection that they can use for the first game. Like the, uh, you could call it a the link between worlds strategy. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to speculate on what they're going to title it. I'm just speculating that uh, this game is going to be amazing because Breath of the Wild was one of the uh is, is one of the signature games for the Switch. It's one of the best Zelda games ever made. And I say this as someone who generally prefers 2D Zelda to 3D Zelda. It's my, I think, one of the best world maps in the video, in the history of video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so if if uh, the the long-awaited sequel to Breath of the Wild ends up being like all uh, like like eighty percent of the same kind of game and eighty percent is good, then that is a that game is an A plus. So I I'm really excited for whatever this ends up being.
0: I I agree with you. The beautiful thing about Breath of the Wild is that it's the kind of it's whatever game you want it to be like I I had an amazing time playing this game and I played through it and I walked away and I thought well that was that was wonderful everyone everyone who had the experience that I had was very lucky and then Amanda played through it and I walked in on her and she was collecting bugs and she had a massive bug collection and she was extremely (laughs) excited about the bug collection and I was like what are you doing and she's like collecting bugs I'm like I don't think I caught a single bug in this game I just missed, like, an entire, like, giant piece. Like, she just enjoyed collecting bugs and getting very angry at Beetle for trying to rip her off.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's so much you can do in the first game.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think that... uh, I think there's going to be, hopefully, just as much to do in the second game, but I'm not overly hopeful that we're going to be doing any of that in 2022. Does anyone think it's going to come out this year?
1: No. Yes. I think it is, yes.
0: Okay, so that's 2 for 2-against. Yeah. Um, And we have this on tape, so... they've
2: They've... I don't think they ever committed to a release window until they said this is coming out next year. Like, mm. Oh, did they actually say that? I'm pretty sure they did. I mm. thought they said this is a 2022 release. So like at that point, like I'm willing to accept. Okay. I, I
1: think we're going to have a new trailer with its true name very soon, maybe even less than a month. And it's going to come out sometime in 2022. That is, that is my official guess. Or whenever you know what? the next direct is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you know what? It's Nintendo. So for all we know, they might just like shadow drop it in the middle of a
1: direct (laughs) available today for Nintendo Switch. I (laughs) think it is pretty astounding that we are getting uh, open world games from Zelda, Kirby, Sonic the Hedgehog and (laughs) Pokemon all maybe in the same calendar year yeah which is which is only sensible for one of those four, the one we're talking about right now, but but still like like Nintendo, and I guess also Sega thanks to Sonic is just hmm. diving into Poke- post apocalypse open world or in pokemon's case uh, sort of um pr- uh like like primal uh uh what would you what would you call that like Sengoku era open world yeah. but yeah really weird coincidence that these that we're getting a bunch of iconic characters in open worlds, the same calendar year. Mm-hmm.
2: I admit, I never thought we'd see an open world Kirby game, but you know.
1: yeah. And, and have you seen it? It's, it's a breath of the wild overgrown ruins kind yes, of open exactly. world. <laughs> it's really cool yeah. looking, but yeah. strange. Is it within our coverage though?
0: <laughs> Probably not. There's no Metrovania elements. Um, what about Kirbyvania ele- elements? <clears throat> Kirbyvania. Um, yeah. There's a, you're right. There's a lot of open world games coming out next year that, may or may not be in our coverage. Sonic probably is not, but, you know, we'll see. Um, okay, well, I mean, obviously, Breath of the Wild 2 is a uh, is a popular source of speculation among uh, RPG fans. Um, as a comic book fan, a game that I am super interested in next year is going to be Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is apparently going to be a tactical RPG, and uh, I I'm excited about it, but... As a comic book fan, and not just like a Marvel movie fan, because I am a huge Marvel movie fan, I'm currently going out of my mind because I can't go see Spider Man. Which because, is good, you know? I yeah, like it's stupid, stupid theaters, um, stupid Christmas, not being able to go to the theaters a week before because Amanda's parents are terrified of COVID, uh, and then again, so am I. So that's anyway. fine. Yeah. Um, So Marvel Midnight Suns as a comic book fan is setting off a couple of not alarm bells, but Midnight Suns is traditionally their it's a magic focused uh it's a magic focused group in the marvel universe uh and it usually deals with some of the a few of the lesser known marvel characters who are magic focused um but in the art yes you are playing as a as a brand new magic based superhero but in the art like walking towards the camera you have like iron man and wolverine and cap and captain marvel and i'm like none of these characters are magic focused Tony hates magic like with a mad passion Tony Stark hates magic there are multiple comics where Tony Stark goes off on epic rants about disliking the world Thor comes from and not understanding it so the fact that they are including these characters instead of really focusing in on uh, like I mean Blade Ghost Rider they're both in here too which is nice to see but it's the addition of like some Avengers characters is weird to me. I understand it from a marketing perspective, but from a storytelling perspective, it's just strange.
2: Everyone's favorite sorcerer, Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: I have not read uh, the comic run, which uh, I think is Sons with an O. Um, But as as far as gameplay goes, I really enjoy um, the XCOM franchise. Um, I know that this is card-based and not necessarily ability-based like uh, XCOM is. But I'm curious. I have a lot of faith in Foraxis for what they could do. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: don't get me wrong. It looks really interesting. Uh, and I am excited to play a Marvel tactical RPG with that's been giving this much uh, care and attention. Uh, it's, it's gotten pushed from March 2022 to the back half of 2022. So it's getting some extra development time in there. Um, and hopefully, hopefully the lore makes sense. Um, We'll see, but it, it looks interesting. And I mean, the only thing that does set me off a little bit is apparently it does have deck building mechanics.
1: I I, I like a lot of deck builders, but like your uh, Slay the Spires of the world, like like mixing that with a tactical RPG and a uh, popular license like Marvel is seems like a lot. Like it might be too many cooks in the kitchens uh, kind of situation. But uh, uh, but what Steven said is accurate. Like Pharasis uh, 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 is. Um, XCOM games were excellent and Marvel is really making a push into their video games recently. Like I, I really think that like six or seven years ago, they reached out to a bunch of big studios and basically said, all right, how much money do you want to make? uh, Do you need for a good Marvel game? And then like, you know, some of, some of which turned out great, like Insomniac Spider-Man, some of which turned out less great, like, uh, like, um, Crystal Dynamics Avengers, but this, a good studio with a cool idea uh throwing deck building and cards into it for some reason might be good but again i'm gonna have to wait and see uh niko minoru's in it and i love runaways so that's something runaways uh, is great runaways is great that's uh, um it, and uh, the brian K. on run of runaways is amazing and then after he finished joss whedon did a run of six issues that was also very very good but that uh, after that run you can probably stop reading and then maybe check out the uh the show on Disney plus uh, the last few years, their run has actually been pretty good. I've enjoyed so it. Got be- it got better. Cause I, I was really disappointed after, um, after BKV and Whedon left.
0: Yeah. It lost its way for quite some time, but in the latest series, which unfortunately is currently on hiatus, it
1: it's good. Okay. Okay. I don't love it. It's not my favorite comic, but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I have not read that far along, but, um, but the, the Brian K Vaughn run of runaways is awesome. And Nico's a great character. And so having her in a big budget video game is exciting, but uh, yeah, there there's, there's a lot of potential red flags here. So I I am going to take a wait and see approach to this game like I am for many many games this episode but I think yep. it but the, there's you know some tempered excitement some cautious optimism.
0: Uh okay well uh I'm trying to think of a, a good segue here. You know what Marvel has a lot of teenagers with superpowers and you know what else has a lot of uh, <laughs> There you go. Yeah, what has a, a lot of uh teenagers with superpowers the Persona series. And you know what? Apparently resembles Persona, this new game called Monarch.
1: (laughs) Well done,
3: nailed it. Swish!
0: You you
1: reached so (laughs) hard for that one. (laughs) Well, I mean, Persona does have something in common with Buffy the Vampire Slayer in that it's a game about uh, children battling their inner demons by literally battling demons. And, mm-hmm. and this might be a little bit of that same sauce.
0: Yeah. Again, Persona is one of the series that is a big blind spot for me. Um, apparently, many of the staff members who are developing this game uh, were uh, working in the early Shin Megami Tensei games. So, yeah, it, this has gotten a bit of uh, a bit of buzz about it. And we don't actually need to wait all that long
3: for it to come out. Apparently, it's coming out uh on the 22nd of February. I have seen no press for this at all. Yeah. Interestingly. Me neither. Before uh, we were making this feature, I didn't even know this was a game. <laughs> or I didn't even know um, that this was being made. But uh, my experience with Shimigami Tensei and Persona is very little. Uh, mm-hmm. I've played about half of Persona 5 Royal and got burnt out. Um, and to be honest, uh, Shimigami Tensei does not really interest me too much. So, but I'm curious to know what they got here. Oh, uh, with a different game.
1: Yeah, uh, for a while I thought this was some of the same developers as Caligula Effect, which is a game I did not think was very good, but also had some old Shin Megami Tensei people on it. But I think this is different. This is a different group of former uh, Shin Megami Tensei game developers, also getting published by Furiu, but not the not the same development team exactly. Which is a little encouraging, because again, I didn't think Caligula Effect was that good, but again i've only heard about this because it was announced somewhat recently and i saw i saw the uh I, I don't even think i saw a trailer i think i only saw magazine scans or something of it but um i need to know more before i can get excited about this game but if it has some writers and developers in common with uh, an era of shin megami tensei i really enjoy then that's you know something i could be interested in. I. Played two gigantic Shin Megami Tensei games this year with a uh, uh, five in the remake of three Nocturne. And I've been a huge persona fan for about a decade. I don't, I, I did not want to tell you how many times I've played the, the main series persona games. I like, trust me on this one. You don't, I, I have <laughs> some, I have some regrets, but, uh, if this game you know scratches some of that same itch and and ends up really well made then i could be very interested in it but i need to know more uh i'm just surprised. i feel like i'm saying that for every single game now so maybe maybe we should uh transition to something that i know i'll be excited about
0: uh what is that what's the next yeah. Skip that we don't need to talk about this very mm-hmm. much we're we can we're fine we can just move past this <laughs> monster hunter Rise. no norco norco sounds more like no, your no, monster,
1: monster hunter reset co-starring reset from persona 4 exactly yeah, yeah.
0: right <laughs> <laughs> uh let's take a look at monster hunter rise sunbreak uh you know what slow c take it
1: monster hunter rise is the 2021 switch game that is uh the a fifth generation monster hunter game from the uh, portable half of the monster hunter development team monster hunter has two development teams um that like like a uh, team a made four 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 foreign four and world team b made generations and, and rise um, and this is the expansion to Rise. It is adding a new difficulty rating, a new a new setting, probably a bunch of new monsters, probably a redesigned end game. Uh, but it is an expansion pack. So if you're interested in Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, you should play Rise first because I don't think you can even access the Sunbreak content until you beat the story in Rise. But uh, Rise is maybe my favorite Monster Hunter game ever made. I would have to really, wow. I would have to really write a ten thousand word think piece to figure that out. But uh, we publish it. <laughs> don't tempt me. But uh, Zach <laughs> But uh like like Rise did a lot of things to smooth out and speed up the Monster Hunter formula, being able to have like proper mounts for the first time and cutting out a lot of the preparation mechanics that you would typically do for a monster hunter game. And they add, uh, they add dogs and owls to scout around for you and wire bugs. So you can Spider-Man around the, around the map as much as you want with a, uh, with, with like specialized silk moves and sunbreak is just going to be more monster hunter rise. And also one thing about rise, all the new monsters added in the game are specifically based on Japanese yokai, which are, uh, you know, Uh, japanese spirits or demons um and sunbreak it looks like they're going to be drawing from western folklore because the two monsters they've shown off uh, so far are a giant vampire dragon and a giant werewolf wyvern so i think we're going to get some maybe some a, a little bit of castlevania in my monster hunter with with traditional western style uh like horror monsters in the game, which is weird and cool, and I can't wait.
0: Yes, I imagine that's very upsetting to you, that they are merging together those two games. It's very sad.
1: I am sure I will find it in my heart to forgive Capcom for this injustice, (laughs) but I will play the game out of duty anyway.
0: Yes, uh, I have never played a Monster Hunter game, but Rise is probably the one I would play if I had to choose.
1: That is probably the right choice, unless you can get, like, World for free or something on PS Plus, which, which is a thing, but... Uh, I, I adore Monster Hunter Rise, and I and I recommend it wholeheartedly to anyone that's curious.
3: Uh, it is my favorite of the three Monster Hunter games that I've played. I've played uh, Generations Ultimate on Switch. Um, I I was going to get it on 3DS like a long time ago, but the controls just seemed really weird to me, and I never um, got around to playing it on 3DS. Um, I played World and not Iceborne. I do want to play Iceborne at some point. But Rise has just been fantastic. I've put way too much time into that game. Uh, when Nintendo sent their like uh, Nintendo 2021 wrapped, um, there, there was like your most played game, most oh, no. played game, and like the mm. the amount of time of game, uh, the amount of time you've played in one day. <laughs> uh, the most played game was Monster Hunter Rise. I don't remember how many hours, but the most game time in one day was 12 hours on Monster Hunter Rise because my friends and I wow. absolutely love it. <laughs>
1: Astoundingly, uh, okay, this is not, this is going to be half surprising, half not surprising. My most played game of 2021, which I found through the same feature, was Monster Hunter Rise. But my most played game in a single day was, uh, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles 2 Resolve, because I played that game for 11 or 12 hours in a single day to finish it in time for a podcast recording.
0: Yeah, that was a Herculean (laughs) move, by the way.
1: I, yeah.
3: It was a feat. In any case, I am, I am very excited for, excited for, uh, sunbreak uh both well rise is coming to pc um and i would get it on pc but unfortunately it doesn't have crossplay so i'll be gearing up for the switch version
1: i have been getting a lot of excited messages from dom who's reviewing the pc version for us uh about our you know our valstrax struggles and our talisman farming and it's uh it's rise is like people that really love the grindiest parts of world or the most preparation heavy parts of monster hunter probably don't like rise as much as I do. But I, I think it—it it, it is like from, uh, from character creation to closing credits, I think it is my favorite one, even though I have a lower hour count in rise than in world or, or in freedom unite the one I started
2: on. Hey Mike, have you ever played monster hunter? What's monster hunter?
1: Exactly. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's move I, no, on. No, no. To-
2: I have <laughs> not. I have not, but I'm glad that other people are excited about it. That was not meant to be dismissive. That's meant that's more. No, I have not played it.
3: Have you have you had any interest or just not got around to it? Uh, Oh, I always have interest. I just haven't got around to it. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, let's move on to a somewhat smaller game right now called Norco. Uh, I've never heard of this, but actually having looked up some stuff and looked at the thing on Steam, I'm getting a little bit interested so it is uh, a post-apocalyptic uh, point-and-click adventure game, looks like a third-person point-and-click adventure game, with retro pixel art that takes place in a dystopian South Louisiana. Um, and uh, so in the in the description uh, on the page, Anthony uh, says, prepare for Swamp Punk in 2022. And I totally see that. So it's kind of like <laughs> cyberpunk, but, you know, much more low-tech, swampy kind of thing it's a really interesting looking game
2: yeah it's not a setting you see a whole lot which i I appreciate and it's another it's another uh indie game here on our list today that has really really great pixel art
0: yeah pixel art is i mean i'm i'm a pixel art fan i can't help it also it's being it's being published by the same company that just released Kathy rain director's cut, which I reviewed a few weeks ago.
2: How oh, was that? I actually missed that. Uh,
0: it was fine. Uh, I played Kathy rain originally uh, years ago when it first came out and the director's cut was they redid it. So it's widescreen and it, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's not my favorite adventure game I've ever played. It's a bit of a short story, a uh, lot of twin peak influence in it, a lot of twin peaks influence in it to the point where there are times where I feel that it's not just an homage, but it's a flat out, uh, it's not plagiarism, but it right up to the line. Uh, still, it's a fun game. I enjoyed it. Um, but this, the, the develop, the publisher is complete, or the developer is completely different for oh, the gotcha. uh, publisher. But the the publisher Raw Fury has uh, released some adventure games the last few years, and some
1: of them are pretty cool. Uh, rest in peace to the recently departed Anne Rice, who was maybe one of the most brilliant uh, employers of Louisiana as a setting for her works, uh, and to have an adventure game set in modern rural louisiana but with uh but with steam i guess cyberpunk elements i guess because they they do say cyberpunk in the description don't they that's that's odd and interesting
0: i think cyber i think that might be a marketing decision more than anything it was probably written back when cyberpunk was supposed to be the next big thing and everyone was putting cyberpunk every single every second marketing email we got during that period had the word cyberpunk in it
1: (laughs) all right so uh i guess we should be ready for swamp punk swamp punk Um,
0: well, let's move on to a sequel of an indie darling, uh, Oxenfree released a few years ago and, uh, people just loved it. It was just a game that had been, it was greeted with almost universal, uh, just, well, this is just wonderful. Um, uh, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is coming out next year. And, uh, I again have never played Oxenfree. It is on my computer right now. I'm looking at the icon in my games folder. Um, because I've been I've been excited to play it because of this
3: sequel, which just looks fantastic. It's one of the games that I just completely miss. Um, it was added on Game Pass, um, but like after I got my Xbox like a month later it was leaving. So I never got around to it, but I really want to get around to the first one.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that game generating some positive buzz when it came out, uh the first Oxen Free, but I never got around to it. I was I was probably I don't know, hunting monsters or fusing persona I at the time. But, uh, but I mean, it, it's cool that it's getting a sequel. It's cool that a lot of people are excited about it. Uh, no, no complaints here. But I'm, I'm again, I'm more likely to find a to play my copy of Oxenfree that I think I do have, but completely forgot about, than to jump right into the sequel.
0: Mm. Fenner reviewed it uh, years ago, and he gave it a ninety pretty high praise.
1: Fen-Fen does enjoy himself a narrative game, and I trust his judgment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a game that I'm, you know, it, it's an indie game, and apparently it's going to be a direct sequel, so. You know, fingers crossed that they uh, that they get the same level of goodwill that they got from the first game.
2: Yeah, I mean, not that I'm sure there are people who don't like it, but I think everyone that I know personally that has played the first game has only had good things to say about it.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything bad about the game. I, like not like maybe some people, it's not some people's cup of tea but it just seems to be a game that does what it does extremely well. Right. Okay, let's move on to what hopefully many people are considering a a departure for the Pokemon series, uh, moving it in a new direction, which is Pokemon Legends Arceus. It looks to be an open-world Pokemon game, which is kind of a no-brainer when you think about it, but um, it's not taking place in the modern day. It's taking place in the past, which is kind of creating this retro aesthetic of a world that we know extremely well uh and people are getting super excited about this game and i know that many people on the site are because it's coming out in uh just over a month
3: um when pokemon company like duel announced uh the gen 4 remakes and this game which is very it's not taking place in Sinnoh it's taking place in a different region but it's very Sinnoh inspired uh in terms of um setting and character design or whatever Uh, this is the game i'm a lot more interested in Uh, unfortunately a lot of the footage uh has not really piqued my interest um the first trailer especially uh i noticed a lot of visual hiccups but this was a while ago and and i hope that they've had a lot of time to fine-tune it um interested but I, it's not going to be a day one for me, though. I imagine that those visual hiccups would have been worked out. I don't think this is a game they can afford
2: to miss on. No, I, I think it's one of those games. I don't know why it, it seems like historically so common with Nintendo, but I feel like it's one of those games that is going to look better in person. It, for some reason, does not look great in stills. Um, I mean, I agree on the initial footage. Like, it was definitely like the frame rate, like nothing was looking good when they first revealed it. But the concept of the game, the open world, like I've been... I've wanted to see them try this with Pokemon for a very, very long time. And, you know, they they dipped their toes into it with Sword and Shield with the wild area and then more so in the expansion. So having a whole game built in that style, if they do it right, I think it'd be a really good thing for the series. And I also think it was smart that they announced that alongside a remake... Just to make, you know, just to say, like, yes, we're still doing traditional ones, too, and not just this. Mm. Um, I also, of course, the other thing, too, is that no matter how good it does end up looking or running, it's one of those things that, not to bring up the Switch Pro again, but, man, like, this, this is an ideal candidate to, like be on like more powerful hardware yeah i think that would smooth out those things because they're obviously doing trying something really ambitious with like the scale of and the level of detail here
1: I, I feel like pokemon fans have been clamoring for either an open world pokemon game or an mmo pokemon game for at least a decade and this feels like an answer to those calls but with something people weren't really expecting with this you know pokemon game set in the distant past with a very japanese aesthetic again people are in um, are, are are in kimonos and traditional Japanese dress from like hundreds of years ago uh and uh with Arceus in the title does invoke shino the uh, location of the gen four games Arceus is one of the big legendary pokemon from that uh from that generation which you know pokemon fans definitely know, but listeners that might not know now you do uh it, it 's such an interesting confluence of ideas that I hope this ends up being good, but it 's also weirdly, uh, w- weirdly risky for Pokemon to not be the same game they always are. Right. And es- especially since I th- there was parts of um, Sword and Shield I thought were pretty disappointing. So I-, I am not sure what to think of this game. I know that a bunch of people are really excited and that's awesome. And I will read a bunch of content about this game. But I am, I- I am more interested in hunting monsters than catching them in 2022.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can definitely agree. To be completely honest, this is the first Pokemon game that I've seen in years that has actually made me go, hmm, it seems like a very good jumping on point for people because it does take place in the distant past. Uh, uh, not, a, not unlike a, a certain Ace Attorney Chronicles game that came out earlier this year uh, that is a perfect jumping on point that takes place in the distant past, the distant Japanese past. Um, and I I have all the hope in the world that this is going to be an absolute hit uh it's hope but we'll see what happens um next up is a uh pixel art game that is the most audra game i've seen recently uh read only memories neurodriver uh, audra actually wrote the blurb for this and it is going to be a visual novel with pixel art that is uh a cyberpunk kind of inclusive story uh you are playing a psychic detective es88 uh, and you are investigating a road psychic named golden butterfly um if you just tuned out when I said that, when I started saying Rogue Psychic named Golden Butterfly, this isn't the game for you. If your ear's perked up, yeah, you should take a look at it.
1: And, well, we should mention this is a sequel to uh, 2064 Read-Only Memories, which uh, this sound like, kick me if this sounds familiar. Rob Fenner reviewed for the site several years ago and really liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, this looks like a very cool sequel. The, uh, the premise is amazing. I know that uh, the original Read-Only Memories has its fans. I have not played them, but uh, they maybe that's a decent candidate for a future retro encounter episode. I'll, I'll send Audra a message later tonight. But uh, it's it's a really cool idea. It's a little bit AI the Somnium Files. If it takes place in a near future where you jump into people's minds that might be <laughs> witnesses to a murder or something. But uh, yeah, sure, I'm 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 interested to hear more. I, I'm yeah. sure Audra will review this game after he's reviewed another 45 games in 2022.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no, um, no previous knowledge of uh, these games. Um, so I'm completely fresh on it, but from what little I've seen, I'm intrigued, but uh, I'm definitely going to wait to see what people think of the game first.
0: Well, let's move on to a game that is the most Nicky game I've seen on this list, which is Rune Factory five. Now, when this was announced and certain features were announced, uh, Nikki lost her mind in the RPG fan Slack, uh, and for good reason. This is going to be the first time that same-sex marriage is introduced into this farming and relationship simulator. Um, if you've, you know, it's it's Rune Factory, you know what it is. It's
2: it's a farming sim. Well, I mean, people might not know because it's been so long since Rune Factory Four, not counting the re-release.
0: The release just happened, though. Uh, Rune Factory 4... Uh, special. What was the... Yeah. Special, that was it. The, what was the word they put after it so they could justify selling it again? Yeah, special. Special. It's special.
1: <laughs> or Royal or DX or uh, Complete. <laughs> there's there, there's a couple ad, random adjectives that we as video game players are used to seeing following a remake.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Rune Factory 5 is a puzzle, so it's a it's a farming sim, and
2: Mike, I know you like these. I've never played one. Uh, really? Well, actually, R- no, Rune, no yeah, wait, Rune... Wait,
1: wait, a okay, wait uh, a second. Rune
2: Factory, no, I have not. But Are you going to demand,
1: I'm going to demand you give us your hour count on Stardew Valley right I was now. about to say, Oh, no, yeah.
2: I'm just saying specifically Rune Factory, because... Oh, okay. My, the problem with my hour count on Stardew Valley is I would have to check my Steam library for my three farms on Steam, and then also my Switch <sighs> for my two farms on mm-hmm. switch
1: oh my <laughs> um,
2: so yeah it's, you've never played a farming game before just not rune factory um <laughs> it's it's somewhere around 500 hours i think yeah wow. um, but
1: a- anyway rune factory isn't exactly a farming game it's a more fantasy tinged uh yeah uh sim that's definitely a, a cousin of story of seasons slash harvest moon and yeah. I, but i but i think a lot of it is like spell crafting and uh and 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 I think there is some hunting and farming, but instead of having the goal of raising a farm and finding love, it's there, there's there's fantasy elements to it. I, I know Marcos was a huge fan of the Rune Factory games, and, and I heard about uh, them from him a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean that was that's the big thing with Rune Factory versus at the time Harvest Moon or Story of Seasons is that those had the farming and the relationships and town building and all that. And Rune Factory's big twist was that it added combat and monsters and other you know familiar RPG things to it. Which of mm-hmm. course is also in Stardew Valley, but you know, Rune Factory was doing it first. So But you know, Rune Factory was just not around for so long because the whole, you know, team disbanded many, many years ago. So mm-hmm. it's neat getting that back because even though Harvest Moon slash story of seasons has been going on this whole time, you know, they as far as I know never incorporated any of this. The fantasy stuff, the combat. So it's nice to actually finally see one of these games again.
0: Every single time I've ever tried a farming sim, I've just bounced off it i've i've invested upwards of like five to six hours and it's just like nope not for me so rune factory doesn't have a whole lot of interest but i know there's a lot of people on the site nikki included who are absolutely overjoyed that it's going to be released And it yeah i mean i'm
3: I'm poised to like it actually because um i've been talking about and playing uh stardew valley off and on with one of my friends and she is very excited for this game (laughs) so (laughs) um I think I'm going to keep a close eye on it. I'm um, not going to be a day one buy, but I'm very interested from what I've heard. I mean, it's, it's just not my kind of genre, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, I'll tell you a game that is in the genre
0: that I just, I just really hits me the right way. And that is salt and sacrifice. So this is going to be a sequel to salt and sanctuary, uh, which I have been looking for an excuse to play for years. And the fact that this is coming out might be a good excuse to play it, um, hilariously enough, I don't, I don't know what is up with our uh, list of 30 most anticipated games, but it turns out Fenner also reviewed salt and sanctuary. So it seems like if it's a sequel on this list, Fenner reviewed it at some point. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, it's basically a 2d adaptation of a souls like,
3: um, so I, I recently picked up, um, the, the trailer for an article and it was the first time I've heard of the sequel, but, um, the trailer was actually quite good and it actually showed some um, multiplayer elements in it. So I have not played the first game, but I do have some interest in it now. um, Now that I know that a sequel is coming and it has some evolved uh, systems from the first game. Mm
0: -hmm. It looks from what I've seen, it looks like a a pretty, a pretty steady sequel. Like they've, they've taken what worked from the first one and hopefully they've advanced Mm
2: -hmm. it. Yeah. Believe it or not, I actually played the first game. Um, I didn't finish it, but for once I can say, yes, this is actually a sequel to a game I have played and I did enjoy it. Is it hard? Um, I mean, for me, like maybe if you play more Souls games or those kind of things, maybe you feel differently. So I don't know. I mean, I know I died constantly, like so much. I know you're supposed to, but uh, yeah, I found it difficult, but like the setting and the vibe and it's. It's got a really just cool atmosphere to it. So I did enjoy it a lot.
1: Mm. Uh, Souls likes are not a genre I know terribly well. I have not played Sultan Sanctuary, but although I had. I do remember when it, when it was out, it was um, getting some pretty good reviews. So I'm, I uh, I and again, it's it, this game looks great. I am ex- I am happy that Sultan Sanctuary fans are getting another one, but I am more likely to go back and try to play the first one than this one. Uh No disrespect. This game looks dope. I just don't have anything meaningful, meaningful to say on, about it. So I will say six sentences of nothing instead. Absolutely. Um, well, let's move
0: on to a game that is making a reappearance on this list. Uh, it was on our most anticipated 2021 game, and it's going to be on our 2022. I have an odd feeling it will not be on our 2023. I think it will be released this year. And it is She Dreams Elsewhere. So this is a uh, is an interesting-looking RPG with an art style that... Kind of looks a little bit like, um, looks a little bit like uh, Undertale, but more hand drawn, um, with some interesting interesting color schemes.
1: It makes me think of like a rotoscoped animated film, like Waking Life or something. Mm, okay, yeah. it is
0: a surreal adventure RPG about dreams and the extent in which they mirror reality. So this has been hotly anticipated for a few years now, uh, and I think that it will. Uh, it, it, it sounds like it'll be a hit if it comes out and it, it lives up to uh, the expectations. I hope it does. Um, it looks like it deals with some uh, issues that many people are dealing with nowadays, including anxiety and other uh, and other issues involving mental health. So, and it's a turn-based combat system. So. It looks very fascinating. Just in a very interesting graphic
2: style. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping it does come out soon because I know we've been looking forward to it for a little while now.
0: Yeah. Um, Steven and Mike, Aris do you have any thoughts?
3: Um, I don't really. uh, Before uh, preparing for this episode, I didn't know this game before. Um, And I don't have any previous experience with, uh, like as far as art style goes, I don't really have any uh, previous experience with Undertale or Deltarune. Uh, other than the first uh, couple hours of undertale so i Mm -hmm. i think the art style is fine i know a lot of people uh really enjoy the style i personally don't so Mm -hmm. totally okay uh yeah i don't really have anything else to say about this
0: um well let's move on to a title that uh i I don't think anyone has a shortage of things to say about
2: (sighs) Cracks knuckles. sorry, sorry go on (laughs)
0: yeah i know The, the that sigh that mike just let out is uh was echoing in my mind too we have stranger of paradise final fantasy origin um so this is if you're listening to this podcast i suspect you know what this is um it's inclusion on a list of the 30 most anticipated games of 2022 is not controversial because I think everyone wants to see what happens with this thing, whether or not it's going to be a surprise hit, oh, whether or not it's going to be a train wreck. Like we don't know yet. Um, but this is this is like the edgiest version of uh of well, forespoken was taking a character from the real world and putting them into a fantasy world. And this is just Taking
3: that up a notch, I guess. So my experience with this game so far is it was announced, and I played the and I thought the trailer was okay. I played through a portion of the first demo, and I really appreciate some of the ideas that it brought to the table in terms of um, using uh, all the different classes and magic system that Final Fantasy has, but in a Souls like light environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that the performance on PlayStation five was rather poor. And in my opinion, the performance got even worse in the second demo because they crank up the motion blur so high to the point where I get a little motion sick playing it. So if you can't turn the motion blur off either on the PC version or on consoles, I can't play this game. (laughs) So I don't
0: think that, I mean, that I, I very much appreciate your analysis of it coming from a performance standpoint, Uh, just coming in from a store. I can't, I can't think of another trailer that was greeted with this level of
1: uh, shock and mockery. It became a meme so quickly after its debut that I I felt like it almost took over the discourse about the game, which is I I guess an interpretation of final fantasy one into an edgy action game. And as a lover of devil may cry, I, I am, I welcome all the edginess into my action games but uh, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I'm amazed that we've had uh, that we've talked about this game for so long already without saying the word chaos five times yet.
3: <laughs> um, I will I will say another thing in regards to this game. I thought it was going to get delayed. I am kind of surprised they haven't delayed it um, because it just the the party system was a bit wonky, too, um, in the in the second demo. And in the first demo, your party members didn't really do much. Uh, but that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the the gameplay side of it. But yeah, the story like so far has been memed so hard. <laughs> I know that this goes
0: into uh, studio politics and marketing and things like that. But I think the absolute last thing that Square Enix would ever want is for this game to be delayed, because if this game is delayed, yeah, th- the number of people online who are going to be screaming that it's it being delayed because it is just a trash heap, the game's a mess, it doesn't work It's they're, they're going to quietly cancel it and try to forget about it, it's just going to be overwhelming negativity um, and as someone who did provide a fair bit of negativity in, in the reception I had to this game, like it does not look like it's a game for me uh, ignoring the chaos, ignoring the ignoring the edginess of it all it just doesn't really look like something that interests me, I hope that it comes out and I hope it's good, and I hope that people really do enjoy it um, because I, I don't know. There's just there are some games that are greeted with just such negativity from the internet that I just can't help but hope that maybe the internet's
2: wrong and maybe it will be better than you think. I mean, I would like it to be like I, I was on that on that train too because it's like I don't know it, the setting of it doesn't work for me. Like the the environments look neat, the gameplay I think sounds all right, looks good. I just I. I they they drilled the characters and just like look look how angry this guy is like from <gasps> the first second and i just and you know and obviously that was intentional like this is what we want to show you and i'm like i don't know like to have all that and then the the little quote about like hey we want to do something unique and like tell a story about an angry white man i'm like is that is that what we need um i don't yeah. know yeah i don't know that i i feel nothing for the characters but the rest of the game looks all right like maybe it'll be better than we think there is no way that this trailer did not make the rounds at square enix
0: and like the they had to have noticed the look on people's faces after it was done like this is the game they wanted to release this is the style they want to release this was the trailer they wanted to release there's no way this thing got past any kind of focus testing without square enix knowing exactly how it was going to be received and because that's true. it's
2: absurd yes i mean and and you know what If that's the idea, if they know, if they knew the reaction and they're just playing into it, um, then good for them. (laughs) That's fine. If If they're in on the joke, then I'm okay with it.
3: I think they are because I think it was a smart move to put a couple demos out because if people have a negative opinion about the trailer, but if there's a demo, well, just why not download the demo to see if the the trailer kind of sells the game or maybe the gameplay can be good to kind of offset the weird trailer you know
0: yeah but then they screwed up the launch of the demo
3: like it was a That's train true. Ramp yeah, the disaster first, <laughs> the first demo had very it, interesting non launch
0: it was the worst perfor- it was it was probably the worst reception that a trailer has one of them has ever gotten yeah. at one of these shows and then they followed it up immediately by screwing up the drop of the trailer which was supposed to be Helping to calm people down,
3: the demo, and that just yeah. made them
0: angry. It was a disaster. <laughs> so
1: you know, hopefully, hopefully it comes out, and hopefully it's good. Well, you, you guys are talking about this game so much. You're, I mean, all three of you are obviously getting it day one. I don't, I don't need to. I can just ask you how it is because <laughs> you're, 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 you're putting twice as much time into this game than anything, anything else on the list. So I'm, I'm keeping a eye on it. But I'll
2: we'll
1: ask see. you about it later in 2022. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on now to a uh, a sequel that was a bit of a surprise
0: to a lot of people yeah. and a lot of people are feeling a little bit trepidatious about it because the last few games in the series have not been that good star ocean, the divine force. Um, so yeah, people when like in my mind, when I think of star ocean, I think of star ocean, the first one for the uh, for the super famicom, which got a, uh, a, you know, a fan translation, one of the earliest fan translations and the sequel uh, for uh, PlayStation. And I really haven't touched the game since uh, any of the games since then. Um, but it does have some fans. Does it have any fans here?
1: Uh, I, I I tried playing the Super Famicom original, but it, it's it's really really messy. Like the the, the combat is just awful uh, with with how locking on works and stuff. And it, I think it was I think it was Tri-Ace's first game after they split off from uh, the Namco Wolf team. But uh, but I, I played uh, Star Ocean Second Story on PlayStation many many years ago, and then I played the PSP remakes of star ocean 1, one, and two when they were new and I really liked all of them. So I'm, I'm a star ocean one and two fan star ocean three is kind of great and then kind of insane. And whether you like it or dislike it really depends on your thoughts on the mid game twist, which I won't go into, but, uh, uh, but star ocean one, two and three are very good. And I like, and I really like all three of them four and five are huge disappointments. Um, they uh, the character designs are whack. Some of the combat and crafting and skill stuff is pretty good, but it it does not live up to their predecessors. Um, I, I mean, the the main protagonist of Star Ocean Four is named Edge Maverick, which is the most JRPG ass <laughs> name I've ever heard. <laughs> Which again, 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 the, the, we are retreading jokes from ten years ago, <laughs> when that when that when that was new. That says and, a lot uh,
2: given the protagonist's name in Star Ocean Three. What was the character's name in Star Ocean Three? Fate Line God.
1: Oh, oh yeah, Fate. F A Y T. Fate. Wow, I, uh, it's, it's been a while, but uh, but yeah, and the character designs in Star Ocean Five are so bad and embarrassing that I think I think whenever we make we talk about it on Retro Encounter, it just makes Alana and Steph sad, but uh both of them are big star ocean fans but this one i mean i i want it to be a return to form of course i want a game i'm interested in to be good but i don't have a lot of uh of, of recent precedent to to be excited about here I, I, again like like is this a big budget triace game that uh could be really great or is this going to be as embarrassing as Star Ocean 5 was. I I could go either way on it. So I'm looking at this game with a lot of interest as a casual Star Ocean person, but uh we'll see.
2: I would really like it to be good because just the the concept and the settings of the Star Ocean games always look beautiful and I, I would everything you see like if if that actually was backed up by like good characters and like gameplay that, you know, basically not what was in 4 and 5, what I hear, like that would be great. Like this one looks This one looks great so far. um, I like the, the, um, the fact that you can like fly around, like the mobility in the game looks really, really uh, fun to play. So, but that's really all I know right now.
3: So before this game, before the trailer came out, um, I only know, I only knew star ocean, the franchise by name. So I had, I had no previous uh, knowledge of series quality. I thought the trailer was very good. And then I go back and learn about the other games (laughs) In fact, hmm. that 4 and 5 were not very good. So I'm looking forward to this game as someone who's completely fresh and new, but I do have some uh, trepidation uh, considering what happened the last four or last two.
1: You know, we should mention Star Ocean 5 was something like eight years ago. Like, oh, my. Uh, it, it, was, okay. it was a long time ago. I'm double checking now. Star Ocean 5, Star Ocean 5 uh 20 2016 okay so five years ago longer than uh, not not as long as i thought so this has been in
0: uh this has been in cryo sleep for quite some time
1: yeah so I, i think between the stars i think star ocean 4 was 10 years ago and star ocean 5 was five years ago so it's been a minute and if this is an all new team that's trying to uh you know put their mark on star ocean or do star ocean their way that's exciting but I, I need more yeah. before yeah. before I can get properly excited about this one.
3: This is something I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Again, I'm not I'm completely fresh, not jaded at all. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I like the trailer. So well, uh, let's move on to a game that
0: despite the fact that they say it's gonna be releasing in twenty twenty one, I will put money on the table. There is no way that this is coming out in November of 2022. Yeah,
1: I, I have been optimistic about several games on this list coming out in 2022. I do not feel that, optimis, that optimism with this game.
2: No. It, no. I know that Bethesda really likes November 11th uh, for release dates, but that's pretty ambitious.
1: Maybe we should say the word Starfield aloud before we continue.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's Starfield. So this is
0: Bethesda Game Studios' uh, newest RPG. Um, it has been in development for years now. Um, and finally they announced it. Uh, we've been getting little bits and pieces over the last uh, year and a couple of a couple of the gaming shows. Uh, they say it's going to be released in the at the very end of 2022, but to be frank, given the reception they got from Fallout 76 and the general uh, public perception of Bethesda Game Studios is releasing games that aren't finished and they rely on the fans to finish them with patches, uh, I don't think they can afford to release this until it is extremely done
3: so like we we know barely anything about this game
2: yeah <laughs> they, they still haven't really really shown much as far as trailer. i can tell it's the outer Worlds without a sense of humor
3: <laughs> well i mean we've only i remember i think there's only one trailer yeah so and as far as you know the the reputation and stuff like that i actually don't think microsoft is going to let them release Uh, this game if it's in the same state as fallout 76 was on its release
2: yeah hopefully i don't
0: think it'll be in the same state as fallout 76 was also fallout 76 was like it was kind of their b team like it wasn't yeah it wasn't it wasn't like the main team but that being said like the last big big rpg that they released was fallout 4 and fallout 4 is still buggy um and i like fallout 4 like i'm a fan of fallout games i love fallout games but I am not optimistic that this is going to be released in 2022. If it is,
3: I will be stunned and happily so. I just want them to move on from the creation engine. Yeah, I can't believe they're still using they're it. They're still using it here, and they're probably still using it for Elder Scrolls 6. And honestly, they need to move on. Um, they need to go to a probably Unreal or some other publicly available engine because creation engine's just not, it's not built for, for games like this anymore, I think. It's not cutting it. No. Well...
0: Uh, where I, If we get it, you know, th- I will be very surprised.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, also, how did, how did Starfield end up on this list and Outer Worlds 2 did not? Outer Worlds 2 doesn't have a release date. I know, but you know, could happen next year. Still
3: a good question.
0: <laughs> I would, I'm hoping that Outer Worlds 2 comes out in 2023 because A, I would like to see these two games go head to head because I'm a fan of the Outer Worlds. I know it did not become a massive hit. It has its fans and I'm one of them. I really enjoy it. I enjoy the world. I enjoy the Uh, I enjoy the fact that the factions are brands rather than
1: rather than rather than nations or gangs or something. Yeah, it's it's it's, they basically Outer Worlds is a uh, like a front a a set of frontier planets have become completely taken over by corporations, and you can go full corporate or full rebel in ways that are really interesting. And but my favorite thing about Outer Worlds is that you can, um, if your intelligence is very low, you can choose dumb options in dialogue that sometimes. (laughs) Uh, result like I, I think i think what i think like you can try to put in a password at one point and the dumb option is just yell ice cream at the at, at it <laughs> and it, and that ends and that ends up being a uh, a successful option like, yeah it, it, like it has it has a sense of humor and a rhinus to uh outer worlds and oh, oh was the group that did it it's it's the uh, it's the fallout it's, obsidian it, the obsidian i couldn't remember that that word um obsidian has a sense of humor and a creativity to a lot of their games that I th- that I'm not sure Bethesda always has like, like, like Bethesda games are always ambitious and huge and buggy and whether you respect them for the size and ambition or can't play them because it's too buggy really depends on the player. But I, I mean, Starfield, if the pitch of Starfield is um, a big Bethesda game, but it's science fiction, then that'll get a lot of people excited I, I just, I just have such little faith in their products mm-hmm. that I, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not sure. And plus, they're complete liars. I mean, they moved their studio from Bethesda, Maryland, to Rockville, Maryland, to, decades ago, and they still call themselves Bethesda. They're, they're lying to you.
3: <laughs> yes, and th- that is the thing that most people should be angry at. Exactly. About Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I just can't be excited for a Bethesda game right now. Um, yeah. I can be excited for uh, their other studios that were under ZeniMax, um, but Beth- Bethesda Games Works just not. Not doing it for me recently.
0: I can be excited for the publisher. I'm just, the developer is has lost a lot. So yeah. anyway, let's talk about a developer that is uh, releasing something which everybody wants. And that is the next HD 2D game. This is the last uh, game on our list, actually. Uh, and this is Triangle Strategy, which it's not only the next HD, 2D game. It's also the next game with an absolutely
3: insane title. Good on them for just sticking with it. What's What's funny about the the naming scheme of these things is they always began the demo for Octopath Traveler and now Triangle Strategy with Project, project. which I guess would yeah. mean working title. They just keep it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's 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 kind of like an untitled goose game situation where the the uh, the working title was popular enough that they just sort of made it the main title. Yep. And I, I don't I don't like calling these HD 2D um if you want to put it in the same family as Octopath I sort of group uh Bravely and these two games and Four Heroes of Light together under the uh under Yoshitaka Amano who's been the producer for all of them uh for a while people tried to call them the underlined title studio but they but they uh I think the I think Bravely Second um broke that chain combo unfortunately but mm. uh but Octopath and Bravely are these games with these like mechanics and ideas rooted in the early 90s but with a visual presentation that far exceeds anyone's imagination from that time and if octopath was a little bit saga flavored and uh bravely is a little bit final fantasy 5 flavored this is their uh this is their adaptation of an of a tactics ogre game because yeah. it's uh with, with the branching paths the uh the way that strategy is set up um the isometric view is completely tactics ogre and this team doing a game like that is really, really excited. exciting for me. Uh, this is one of my most anticipated games of the year. Uh,
3: if I can get out of February unscathed, uh, this will be a day one by. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoyed Octopath Traveler. Um, this, If you are to make a game on for Switch that is using Unreal Engine 4, this is the way to do it. Um, because the you can do the, the lower quality art style, but have it be pixelated and really high quality in that regard. And you can have these really cool lighting and uh, particle effects combined with that. That really works on switch. And I like it a lot. Um, and I mentioned a lot of uh, other strategy games uh, on this episode, but I'm a, I'm a sucker for strategy games, but I still haven't played
1: uh, final fantasy tactics. Uh, it's it's tactics. What can you really say? Yeah. I, when, when Steven says he hasn't played something, I'm no longer surprised. <laughs> well, it's it's this oh, podcast. What He wouldn't be
0: on this podcast if right. he played things. That's true. I, ha- I have not played a lot. A lot is on my list. You know a good way to get through a lot of games, a lot of classic games?
2: What's
3: that? Make some
1: appearances on Retro
3: Encounter. <laughs> true. The, pod, the
2: podcast
1: um. that actually plays the games we set out to play.
3: <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, but in any case, I am... I enjoyed Octopath Traveler very much, so I have a lot of faith in this team. I'm very ready for another game from them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am a massive Bravely fan. Uh, Octopath Traveler, I liked it in spite of the fact that it reminded me of a Saga game, and uh, I think this looks really, really cool. I mean, it's gorgeous. I don't think it's going to have quite the same visual impact as Octopath. Octopath Traveler looked like I remember Super Nintendo games looking in my like nostalgia rose-colored glasses 10-year-old view whereas this is it's it's looking you know it's using it's using playstation style graphics um and it looks like a sharper version of a playstation game and in my mind that's just not quite as impressive as what they did with the 16-bit style of graphic
1: i, I mean go, look going back to early playstation graphics can be pretty rough a lot yeah, of the time can and and so this is almost like what if Early PlayStation games looked good is, is almost my feeling with it. Yeah, true. Don't get me wrong. I think it
0: looks gorgeous. Um, it, again, it's HD 2D, and I, I really enjoy what they're doing with this. I mean, I wanted an HD 2D remake of Final Fantasy VI, but we're getting the remasters instead. So,
2: eh, yeah, say I, I wonder if that HD 2D Dragon Quest three is coming here soon-ish.
3: I don't even think they announced a localization for that, did they?
2: They didn't, but I, I'm... All of those games are coming here now. I mean, outside of 10, but they're pretty good about bringing them here.
1: Uh, We can talk about Dragon Quest very soon, if you like, because I have I have some thoughts, perhaps unsurprisingly. Um, I I don't (laughs) I don't think the match three game that they announced in that big uh, summer showcase is going to come worldwide. But I would bet that three HD 2D remake and um, 12 do.
2: Yeah,
1: because that's Mm -hmm. those are the kinds of Dragon Quest games that sell. And I'm and I am, I am 50-50 on the offline version of 10 and the treasure hunting game starring Eric from 11. But I think that we definitely will get the uh, HD 2D version of uh, 3.
3: I think so. You th- you'll think we'll get a localization for it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Like simultaneous release or later?
1: Probably later, because there was a there was over a year between the Japanese release of Eleven uh, and the worldwide release of Eleven. It was something like like July twenty seventeen to September twenty eighteen. Okay. So I, I don't I don't think they aim for worldwide simultaneous on those games because especially since it's, uh, it's like the Dragon Quest is such an important series to the Japanese audience. Mm-hmm. But I I think that we will get uh, eventual localizations for most of those. Although we're talking about games that aren't on the list now. True. And if we're doing that, we should probably
0: wrap up this episode because we're running a little long, but this was a big, big feature and it's the end of the year. So this was a bit of a special episode of Random Encounter. Uh, Before we wrap up, we're not going to talk about them. I just want a just a, a one word answer from all of you or two words, depending on how long the title is. What is one game in 20 that's supposedly coming out next year? that you were excited for that's not an RPG or an adventure game.
3: Uh Steven. Well, I put I put this in my on my show notes but we never got around to talking about it though. Uh, I am very excited for God of War Ragnarok. It's not it's not on this list. No, it was on last year's list. Oh, it wasn't really. <laughs> um, yeah. either way, it's not on this list but it is an adventure game so. Okay. God of War Ragnarok
1: uh mike you should be more specific
2: yeah uh fearless leader oh no Solosi should go first
1: <laughs> solosi yeah all right uh i am interested in uh suicide squad kill the justice league because i enjoy dc comics characters and i enjoy uh several rocksteady studios games and this is a weird uh team-based anti-hero version of that and that sounds dope
2: cool mike fearless leader mike um <laughs> yes this mike the mic talking.
1: Were you furiously background Googling while Steven and I were talking?
2: No, I was not. Yes, I was a little bit. Um, I'm going to pick something weird, and that will be uh, the second episode of Coffee Talk because I played that game last year and could not get enough of it. It's a, cool. it's a cute little visual novel, but just the setting and the vibe is so good, and I'm really happy that they're doing more of it.
0: Cool. And uh, mine is a game that I'm sure that I will not see in 2022, and that
3: is Silksong. Song. <laughs> Still clamoring for Silk Song. It will never be released. Though. It's it, it's never going to happen. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be talked about in an in an indie direct like a lot of other people think. I think it'll be a Nintendo Direct style uh, appearance when will that be? I have I no idea.
1: <laughs> I think it, I think it's time. I think it's going I think Silk Songs coming out in 2022 and when they announce it it will be less than a few weeks before it comes out because th- that will deliver maximum impact. <laughs> They
3: they announced that game way too
0: early. Well, they announced to be fair, they announced it as a uh DLC pack. It was supposed oh. to be DLC for uh, Hollow Knight yeah. and we're talking about this and we can't because we're out of time. Uh, it was supposed to be a DLC for Hollow Knight and then they made it into its own game. So it's technically speaking probably got i don't want to say restarted at that point but they probably you know brought it back because they were making into a full-fledged game um anyway so yes this was a very long episode of random encounter usually we run about an hour hour 15 minutes but it's the end of the year so yay special episodes um if you enjoyed this episode we have lots more past episodes of random encounter uh but this is not the only podcast we have here at rpg fan and surprise surprise We have the two hosts here with us. So let's start out with Retro Encounter with Mike Solosi. Mike, uh, what do we have coming up in the future uh, for uh, Retro Encounter? Sure.
1: Well, we're doing our own year-end episode about the games of 2021 very soon, which we have done for several years. Then in January, we have one episode about... uh, Why can't I think of it? Right. One episode about the best games on the PlayStation 2 and two episodes about Skies of Arcadia, the Dreamcast and GameCube classic loved by many, including including Alana, Alana, including Alana Higgs, who will be hosting those episodes. And uh, we have a little bit more planned in early 2022. But for now, I'm leaving it there. Yes. OK. And we also have Rhythm
0: Encounter, which is RPG fans music podcast hosted by uh, a fearless leader, Mike. Uh, and why don't you tell us what's coming up for that?
2: So our next episode of Rhythm Encounter is going to be a, a strange episode in which we <laughs> drink pair RPG music with <laughs> you know drinks thematically um. So that's going to be fun. That'll be our first episode of 2022.
0: Get in the new year started off right. Exactly. Cool. And uh, we also have our partner podcast, Phoenix Edge, with Hat and Eric. That is on YouTube, and they talk about RPG news. They've been on a hiatus for quite a little while now, but apparently they're coming back soon. Mike?
2: Uh, it depends on when you ask. Uh, they might be, but they're still trying to work out some stuff.
1: They gave they gave us an update in December that uh, they're hi- they are not their hiatus will continue, but they are planning a return. Yes. The holidays are not the best time to plan a return for anything. Really, it tends to be a bit hectic.
0: Um, Well, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can fire us off a message at at podcastrpgfan.com We'd love to hear from you for uh, if you have any ideas for discussion questions, uh, topics for discussion, anything at all like that, please send it to me. I'd love to share it. Uh, If you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at at jloganrpgfan.com or you can find me on Twitter at John O. Logan. And uh, the people on this podcast, they also have some web
2: presences. So, uh, Fearless leader Mike, where can we find you online? You can find me at rpgfan.com. Um, or if you want to send me a message, it would be Mike at RPGFan.com. And Slowsi?
1: Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, the best place to do so is probably Twitter. I am at The Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs. Other times, I am I am Monsoon Mike on RPGFans Discord. And if you want to email with inquiries about Retro Encounter, you should email Retro at RPGFan.com. Cool. And Steven, where can we
3: find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at well, at Steven Mattern Zero. <laughs> And if you're curious about um, what else I write for other than uh, upcoming music reviews and ongoing news here on RPG Fan, I write uh, reviews at cube3.com. I actually just put out a review for Endwalker, and I very much enjoyed that. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends.
0: Uh, Help us get the word out there and give us a rating on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. Uh, from me, from all of us here. Thank you so very much for joining us. I hope that you have a absolutely wonderful holiday season and uh, whatever you're playing, have fun. Bye.